Hey everyone, welcome or welcome back to the Quaybog Church podcast. At the end of this episode, take a moment to subscribe to our YouTube channel or check us out on Facebook. That way you'll have access to fresh content every week. But most importantly, we hope the following message inspires you to take your next step in your faith journey because our mission here at Quaybog is to help you worship, connect, and serve. Enjoy! Welcome back, everybody, to our, either our podcast or maybe on YouTube or Facebook, wherever you might be checking in from. Uh, we love having you around and listening and joining in and sharing your thoughts, comments with us, all that good stuff. It's been a couple of weeks since I've been able to check in, and I've been out of town on a mission trip and wanted to just share what God can do uh, through your story. So I was able to see that really clearly through what I shared, but then also uh, what other people shared with me. So uh, for the power of your own story uh, and and where the hope of your story uh, really lies. So the the theme verse for this week, and I, I'd love for you to, to check this out with me. Uh, the theme verse for this week was John 16, 33. So to give you context, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples, and he is basically preparing them for what's going to come next. And this is the last significant time that we have recorded from Jesus with his disciples. Okay, so he's going to be specifically, if you want to look at this scene um, in, in the context kind of around it, look John th- 13 through 16. And you're, I don't know, when, when a leader has really some final moments with his followers, uh, you realize that what's really important is going to come to the surface and that's going to be discussed. And that's kind of what you have in the upper room at the Last Supper with Jesus and his disciples. And at the end of that, he says right before they leave and he goes out and he prays for his disciples, right before that, and and that's in John 17, that, that high priestly prayer from Jesus uh, which is also, I would read, that's a, that's a pretty amazing prayer because he's praying for us as his disciples in the future. So that's cool. But in John 16, 33, he says, I have told you these things. So everything in his ministry, he said, everything in the context of the upper room that he said, he said, I've told you these things so that in me, you may have peace. That's a big deal, right? So there's going to be a lot that's going on, disciples. There's going to be a lot of struggles that you face. There's going to be a lot of um, things that you come up against, but I've told you all this about the Holy Spirit specifically in context, about the power of the Holy Spirit, about the Holy Spirit being the advocate, and uh, you know it's good that Jesus goes away, all that stuff. I've told you all these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And that word trouble there is the Greek word thalipsis, which comes up a lot actually in the New Testament. And it carries the idea of this intentional, directed struggle, persecution, battle, right? That it's not just, oh, generally speaking, things are tough. It's like, no, these things are almost directed at you specifically, right? So in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart or be courageous. Greek word there, tharseo. So to be firm, to be resolute in the face of that trouble. And why? Why can we be firm, resolute? Why can we take heart? Why can we be courageous? Jesus says, because I have overcome the world. So just so it's all said together, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. 
So what did I do with that verse this past week on the mission trip? Because I spoke for five days in a row. Um, every night I spoke and, and just gradually introduced who God is, uh, who Jesus is, why that matters. Because if Jesus is going to say, take heart, you know, as in trust me in the difficulty, in the midst of the difficulty, I need you to trust me and be courageous. Well, if we know who Jesus is, if we know that Jesus is God, then John 14, where we see that um, stated explicitly, he says, look, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, right? One and the same. Um, then we can take heart. Then we can take like be courageous in the midst of the struggle because we know that God himself is in our corner. So that was kind of where I went through. And then during the week, what I did is I shared my story. And I said, so let's not just look at scripture. Let's not just look at ideas. Let's not just um, talk. I said, I want you to see, like Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 1, 4, um, he said, uh, 1 through 4, he kind of gets into this, but specifically in 4, he says, um, I want you to understand that we comfort others in our struggles and we comfort others because of our struggles, because God has given us comfort in our struggles, in our thalipsis, he says. And so I did that in light of, I just wanted to, them to see the power of God at work in his word, just how powerful, how relevant it is, how much hope is found there, but also in my story. I wanted them to see that fleshed out in today's world. And so I just shared a lot of the trauma I've been through, a lot of the difficulties I've been through, and how God just continued to meet me in those places. And my identity doesn't rest in my ability to overcome difficulties. My identity does not rest in my goodness or my awesomeness. My identity rests in the fact that I belong to the creator of the world, right? That I get to be called a child of the one true king, that I get to be, like John 1, 12 says, I've been given the right to become a child of God because I believed in Jesus Christ. And that's what Jesus gets into in John chapter 6, if you want to look that up, uh, verses 40 and 47. It's just, again, this idea that you have life, you are a part of the family if you believe, right? If you believe in what Jesus did in his ministry and in his life and his death, his burial, and most importantly, his resurrection, right? To secure our salvation. So <clears throat> I said there's, there's real value in believing in Jesus as your savior, not just for eternity, but also in this life, because my identity is, is, is a child, of his uh, as a child of the creator. And so what, where do I see that the power of your story? Where do I see the power of my story in scripture? Well, in revelation 12, there's a very interesting comment that's made. Um, it's a, it's a talking about the end times battle, right? So this is in the future. This is something that's going on in the future. And we see out of that chapter in revelation 12, that the enemy is ultimately going to be defeated by two things. The first one makes sense because it's all about Jesus. It says he'll be defeated by the blood of the lamb, right? In, in a Christian context, it's like, okay, that makes sense because victory was achieved with Jesus on the cross, right? Colossians talks about that, that we get to share in his victory because the victory he secured on the cross, right? He nailed all that stuff to the cross and he shamed his enemies on the cross and his victory over death. So we get to share in that victory. But the second thing, is interesting as well. The second thing is their testimony. The enemy somehow will be defeated 
by the testimony of the saints. And so to me, that says that there's power in what Christ has done in us, and there's real value in being authentic and being vulnerable and being bold and brave enough to share the things that you've gone through, not just with other Christians, mind you, right? Like this is something like in our lives, we need to know our story or our testimony well enough to be able to share that with other people because there's power in that. Because my identity, again, doesn't rest in my strength. My identity doesn't rest in my abilities or my job or being a dad or a husband or the stuff that I have or the things that I've achieved. Like those are all great. Don't get me wrong. But ultimately my identity, who I am, rests in the fact that I belong to the creator as his child. And I know what he's done for me. I know what he's done through me. And importantly, I know how to share that with others. So if you're a Christian, man, you got to know your story and don't think that you need a more interesting story that really, I don't know, it really gets to me when people feel like they don't have a story worth telling. Like, well, I've just always been a Christian, you know, for as long as I can remember. And it's like, okay, so you have a story of God's faithful goodness, right? His consistent goodness in your life. You have always known a story where Jesus was a part of your story, and hopefully you got to see what that looked like and how that benefited you, right? Belonging to him and reorienting your life around him. And your story isn't boring either, because if you really think about your salvation, you were a disaster, a moral disaster that Jesus and his goodness saved. You were, as Ephesians 2 says, dead spiritually. And then he brought you to life. That's no small thing, but we overlook it as if it's not a great thing, not an interesting thing. But no, I've just known the goodness of God in my life and I was once dead and now I'm alive. That's miraculous, right? Spiritually speaking, that's right. That's still miraculous. And so um, a challenge to you, if you're a believer, to know your story, right? To know what God has brought you through, know how God has been there for you, it's a good exercise and gratitude as well. But just to be able to share that in a normal way with somebody is really important and powerful. And so what I got to see this week as I did that, uh, all these students just kept coming up to me and uh, writing care cards because we do these care cards and these envelopes that you get to read at the end of the week. You know, all these cards, uh, index cards, people have written just short notes on. But just understanding that that made a huge impact on a lot of kids to feel like they weren't alone, to feel like, they understood now better how to talk to their friends about their story and sharing a little hope through my story with their friends that were struggling. Um, but then also, incredibly, we had several students give their lives to Christ for the very first time on a mission trip. Here they are going to serve other people, to share the gospel with other people, and yet they'd never quite made that step of faith themselves. And so that was incredibly encouraging that people would understand what it really meant to follow Jesus and really understood where they are spiritually. And then as I presented the gospel in a clear way to them, they were like, okay, I've never done that before. I believe in God, I believe in Jesus, but I've never given my life to him. I've never asked him like legitimately to be my savior and taken that step of faith to turn my life over to him. Because it's not just, oh, Jesus saved me from hell and now I'm done and now no change happens. It's no, I'm recognizing what you did, Jesus, in your death, burial, and resurrection was for me. And Jesus, I accept that. I know I'm a sinner. I know spiritually I'm a disaster without you. And I, and I can't make myself right 
right? I can't do this on my own and I need a savior. I'm a sinner who needs a savior, Jesus, and I need you to be that savior. So today I'm asking you, be my savior. Like that right there is what it means to be a Christian. That right there is what it means not to find your identity in things that either don't matter or don't last, right? Because that's a big deal for us. But that means like now I find my identity in you. I find my purpose in my creator. So it's just a whole different way of seeing your life and what is important and understanding that when Jesus says in Matthew 28, I want you to know this, disciples, that I will be with you even to the end of the age means that you will never be alone. Ever. Jesus told his disciples that. He said, look, you're all going to abandon me when I need you most. But don't worry. I know I'm not alone. The Father is with me. And we, we can hold that same promise as Christians. So if you're watching today and you're not a Christian, you need to know that that is the promise. That Jesus Christ says, look, hey, even when you feel alone, earthwise, you're never alone. Because when you're my child, I will never leave you. Even in the midst of when you're going through difficulty, which is a guarantee. It's a guarantee, not an anomaly, but you are going to suffer. And just know that I'm going to be with you in the midst of that suffering. Because Jesus Christ understands it. He's walked through it. He knows what it's like to be abandoned. He knows what it's like to have friends, close ones, backstab you. He knows what it's like to feel like that, just that separation from God. Right? You see that on the cross. And Mark, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Just that suffering that Jesus felt. He was mocked, right? People un unfairly spread rumors about him. He was jailed, tortured, murdered. Like all those human issues, Jesus completely understands that. And in the New Testament, in Hebrews chapter 4, the author says in verses 15 and 16, look, Jesus has experienced everything that you've experienced, those, those deep personal human issues, the temptation of sin, like all those things that just kind of just wreak havoc on us. He's experienced it all, and yet he was without sin. And because of that, we know that we can go boldly to the throne of God, God's mercy, and we can find grace and help when we need it most. That's an incredible thing, and that's what it means to belong to Jesus, that your identity isn't in you, it's in him your strength isn't in you and it doesn't have to be. It's in him and you're not alone because the creator of the universe is with you and understands you and gets you. That's what we have to offer. So I challenge you, if you're a Christian, know your story. Know what it means to have accepted Christ. When did you do that? What did that look like? Where's God been in your story? Things that you can share in just a couple minutes. And if you're not a Christian and you're watching this, that's what it means to belong to Jesus. And again, it's a prayer between you and him to start a relationship to say, Lord, I know, man, I've been trying to find my identity and things that don't matter. I've been trying to get through this life on my own. And yeah, I guess I am kind of a, a disaster, right? Morally, I'm not perfect. I know that. And I just need what my soul is searching for is you. And I need you, Jesus. And I need you to be my savior. God, I give my life to you. I want you to be my savior. I want you to be in charge now. That's what it means to be a Christian. That's what it's all about. So there it is. Thanks again for listening today uh, or watching, however uh, you're accessing this today. As always, we say, you know, uh, if this is helpful, like it, share it. Uh, we want to get the message of hope out. We want to get the message of the gospel out uh, to a world that we believe desperately needs it because God is searching after us, right? He's like, he's always coming after us. And so we want to make sure that we're just letting people know about the love and hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. Thanks again for watching and listening today. Until next time, hope we can see you on Sunday. Um, if not, then we will see you back next time we check in here. God bless you.
Once again, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast so you get notified of new content every week. Remember, we want to help you worship, connect, and serve. So if you live in the central Massachusetts area, we would love for you to engage with us on Sundays. For more information, service times, and details about our children's and youth ministries, visit us at quaybogchurch.org. Have a blessed week.